Support for another round comes from Squarespace. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code another round at checkout and get 10% off. What? Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. <laughs> Are you sound unsure about that. <laughs> and welcome to another round with Heaven and Unsure. <laughs> <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> so we have an awesome show for you guys today. So excited! Ah! We're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions because mm-hmm. that's like, you know, it's January. That's what everyone's talking about. Right. But we have a little thing we call remember Lucians. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> We're also very excited to bring back a little segment we call the Clapback. Ooh, so much anger. So oh much anger God. to give the world. We're, yeah, we got to talk about something. I'm hype. I kind of want to do clapbacks first. Ooh, okay, okay. We're going to be talking with legendary comedian Margaret Cho. Woo! We're so fucking excited. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about everything from the fact that she smokes with Snoop Dogg. Right. <laughs> and really hard emotional shit like sexual violence that mm-hmm. like comes up in her work a lot. It's going to be great. Emotional journey. Come along Fasten now. Fasten your seat. <laughs> yes. We're going to cover it all. <laughs> Let's start the show. Let's get going. Bum, bum, bum. So we're going to start 2016 with a clapback. <laughs> we're already just Let's going just set off. the tone Tracy, of this year. it's been so long since we've done clapback. What is this segment? This is where we just clap back at shit that deserves to be clapped back upon. <laughs> what are we clapping back upon? <laughs> I am clapping back upon McDonald's supposed <laughs> all-day breakfast. <laughs> oh, my God. How dare you? What happened? So, you remember when everybody was like, oh my gosh, breakfast all day is going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. First I was of all, excited. yeah, why did it take so long? Right. That McDonald's was McDonald's breakfast is like the best thing they offer. Right. And it's really good. Like, sometimes you're just like, man, I wish I had a hash brown, but it's four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I got to wait until tomorrow. And I'm probably going to sleep too long because they stopped serving breakfast at like seven in the morning, which is yeah. stupid. So, they're like, hey, all day breakfast is going to be great. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I take my little black behind <laughs> to McDonald's at like, maybe it was like noon or so. I'm like, mm, <laughs> not get... even wild crazy. Right, right. It's still a reasonable time to be having breakfast. And I'm like, let me holler some hash browns. <laughs> and I really wanted a McGriddle. McGriddles are so good. And do you know what they I told me? I think they are horrible. <gasps> I need a minute. The texture of that bread is like offensive to bread it's like a pancake anyways i'm not gonna yuck your yum (laughs) thank you (laughs) i tried to order a mcgriddle for some reason a mcgriddle and do you know what they told me what did they tell you mcgriddles are not a part of our all-day breakfast excuse me (laughs) what do you mean and then she points to this little menu thing on the counter she was like this is all we have and it was like hash browns and like those little weird burrito things which i actually really like (laughs) and like uh it's like like a limited muffins and that's it yes like three things literally yes it was like uh, i just felt i felt lied to that's so disingenuous (laughs) right just just don't even just don't even bother but like mcdonald's never has shit never like every summer you go to get ice creams like oh i'm sorry the ice cream machine broke (laughs) (laughs) it's summer (sighs) do you guys want business (laughs) fix it (laughs) right i'm just i'm just i was just so angry 
not angry enough to not go back and get of breakfast again at a later time. <laughs> but I didn't smile when I was ordering. <laughs> That's so upsetting and rude. It is because like they just hyped it up so much. And they then, really did. Like all you literally all you have is a hash brown. <laughs> How dare you, McDonald's? Either do it right or don't do it at all. Go hard or go home, McDonald's. Yes. And then somebody told me that whenever <laughs> somebody who used to work at a McDonald's when they were younger was like, yeah, whenever they tell you that the ice cream machine is broken, they just don't want to clean it. <gasps> Get your shit together, oh McDonald's. Oh, God. I hadn't even considered that, but that's definitely what's happening. Th- they are a legacy of lies. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their, their Cheeseburger and fries. More like cheeseburger and lies. <laughs> <laughs> Get out, Tracy. Get out. <laughs> In conclusion, get your shit together, McDonald's. Clapped back, old McDonald's. <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> I've been holding that in for a while, well, since they started. <laughs> All day breakfast, quote unquote. Okay, Heaven, who are you clapping back upon? Oh, man. <laughs> yes, perpetually. All right, you know, it's a new year. Mm-hmm. People, one of their number one resolutions get is in shape. get in shape. But this is a problem throughout the year. <laughs> the problem is men <laughs> at the gym. Uh, men at the gym are the fucking worst. They're awful. Let me list the ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you go in there, you know, you're just trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot of shit with no upper body strength. I'm just trying to work <laughs> on that. That's all I'm doing. I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. And then like you can just feel the gaze yes. whenever you're doing anything. It's awful. I feel like. There's very rare situations where we should be even talking mm-hmm. at the gym. Yeah. Uh, and men do not feel that. No. <laughs> Why are you always trying to talk to me? Because they feel like it's like their domain. Yeah. I don't feel the male gaze as strongly as I do, I think, in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I'm just proposing that more gyms have a women's only floor. Yes. Let us or live. Like a room. At Let least. us work in peace. Mm-hmm. I will settle for a room. Mm-hmm. I used to work out at the Y in Louisville and they had a women's center and it oh was like God. just like the small room and like all your basic machines had some free weights and like a little yoga ball thing I don't think it's called a yoga ball <laughs> but it was great it was always empty I would come in I would do my little shit and then I would leave and since it was my first gym I figured that all gyms had like a women's uh, only like center so I moved here. You were sorely, sorely and I, disappointed. Oh my gosh. I joined a Blink and it was the first time that I ever worked out in the company of men. Mm. It was the worst experience. Because first of all, not only are they like looking you up and down and like yes. patronizingly offering to help you with the machines yes. and shit. Like somebody asked them to come and like save us and oh. like teach us these these machines are so hard. I don't <laughs> know how to sit in the chair. Like get away from me. You get don't away even from work me. here. Why are you trying to explain you don't shit even to me? Go here. <laughs> <laughs> There's also so much peacocking. Like oh, men are just like God. strutting around and they're like in the mirrors and they're like flexing. The and grunts. Then they're like, yes. And like they are You are not Serena like, Williams. There's no reason. The <laughs> and it's just the worst. There's like Curves, which is like the women's gym, but there's mm. not enough locations for that even to be a viable option. Also, Curves kind of sucks. It's It weird. seems like a very suburban white man. Everything thing. is pink. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, y'all, this is a lot. I just yeah. want a different space. <laughs> yeah, no. I feel like it's super easy to have a women's only floor. It is. Or section. Mm-hmm. And like that would help your business, gym owners. <laughs> Listen to me. I just want I just want to be healthy. Uh-huh. I'm not even and trying not to do anything bothered. crazy. Yeah. I yeah, I've just I've been thinking so much about every single place in my life where I just am trying to live. Mm-hmm. Literally just exist is and the primary goal. The way. <laughs> yes. And men just get in the way. They just, just pop up live. like, oh, I see you're trying to mind your business. <laughs> I see you're just trying to live. <laughs> How can I impede on this? <laughs> 
I don't even know if this is a clap back more <laughs> a weary <laughs> resigned sigh. <laughs> just please do better, Jims. Jims, get it together. Men, Men get it to be- like, as I usual, get it together. Don't, don't be this way. Well, yeah, just mind your business. Leave us alone. Leave Let us alone. Let me get upper now. body strength and peace <laughs> so that I can punch you next time. <laughs> That's all I'm working on. I'm really working on it, guys. <laughs> Do you have any New Year's resolutions, Tracy? No. I stopped making New Year's resolutions a couple of years ago because I never Why? keep them. Mm-hmm. And then when I don't keep them, I beat myself up about not keeping them. Yeah. And it just makes me feel shitty. Yeah. So I, I don't do that anymore. But as of last year, mm-hmm. my friends and I back in Louisville, hey, Chanda, hey, Janelle, hey, Deidre, how y'all doing? <laughs> okay. Um, we got this idea to... Um, make a jar like a little mason jar like you decorate it with whatever you want Mm -hmm. and the idea is that through the year you take like a little slip of paper and whenever something good happens when you're feeling good about something Mm. you write it down you put it in the jar and so at the top of the year rather than like being like i'm gonna change my life this Mm. is gonna be the year that everything changes you read through all the great things that happened to you over the past year and you just reflect on the mm. good shit that happened and you just sit and you feel good and then you're all excited and energized to feel next year's jar with Aww. great memories. I'm really glad you made me do this last year. Yes, same. I put a picture <laughs> of Northwest as my guiding light. <laughs> Northwest and Blue Ivy. <laughs> it's like, get me through this year. Yeah. So what are the kinds of things you remember though? It would be big stuff like, we got invited to do the pop-up tour. Like, I wrote that down mm-hmm. and put it in there. And then when we finished it, I wrote, I thought I was going to die several <laughs> times, but I did it, and I'm so proud. Yes. And then, like, also smaller stuff. Like, I came to work today, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to, but I did it anyway. Yeah. Or I'm wearing, like, some dope socks, and I feel, like, really warm and fuzzy, and it's a good feeling. Like, yes. just something that I want to remember. Oh, that's beautiful. I highly recommend it, because <sighs> revel. Revolutions. Revolutions, <laughs> revolutions are great. Revolutions are hard. <laughs> resolutions, however. I've learned with the trick with resolutions is you have to keep them super, super small and manageable. Yeah. You know what? I lied a little bit. I did make a resolution last year, mm. and my resolution was to use an emoji. Because <laughs> I didn't and use And now you're killing the emoji game. <laughs> I, sometimes I will use three emojis in one. <laughs> Look at you. Look at me. <laughs> crushed that resolution. I crushed it. One of mine was to take more selfies. Just uh-huh. I... I there was a year, this wasn't recently, there was just a year I realized I didn't have that many pictures of myself. I was like, what What happened this year? <laughs> it's like, you got to do better. You got to see how, how dope you look yeah, every day. Yeah. You don't even have to post them. You just take just the picture. Take That's a very manageable resolution. Yeah, I'm definitely Highly recommend selfie. it. That's a good resolution. So yeah, we highly recommend making a Remember Lucian's Jar. There's a post about the Re- Remember Lucian's Jar process on BuzzFeed.com. We will share that with you all if you follow us on the Twitters. If you look at that post, the one with Blue Ivy is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so make a Remember Lucian's Jar for this year and tweet us pictures. We want to see like how you decorate them. Yes. Mine just had like little sparkly things on it. I took some letter sticker things and put... Everything is okay on mine. Mm. And it's kind of cool because since the jar is clear and the stickers are like silver, you can't really see them until the jar gets filled up. Oh my God, Tracy. Oh no, it's my jar is so dope. So <laughs> tweet us pictures of your jars and buy some pretty paper to write down all of your good feelings and accomplishments on this year. And then next year, have an entire bottle of wine and just yes. go through your jar and, and reflect cackle on how dope. <laughs> yes. I don't know how one your cackles year was. silently. <laughs> And be kind to yourself this year. That's the resolution that we should all make. Be kinder to yourself. 
All right, so we will be back in a second to talk to the legendary Margaret Cho. But first, can we get some refills? We're going to get more drinks. <laughs> Support for another round comes from Squarespace. With Squarespace, sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level, and there's absolutely no coding required. It's a totally stress-free experience, unlike your commute. Which brings us to this week's episode of Transportation Meditation. For all of you who listen in the car, on the subway, or on the bus. Be like the bus. Be crowded with seemingly diverse personalities that all have the same intention to move, to get off and never get back on because seriously, the bus is awful sometimes if we're being honest. Be like the bus. Be like the cord that you pull to signal your stop. Give yourself and others generous notice when you're about to leave. No ghosting. No ghosting. Nobody likes to be ghosted. Text them at least. It's easy. Do not be rude. When you move on from one of life's moments, be like the back door of the bus. A considerate exit that allows others to step into the moment. But also very hard to open so sometimes you sort of give up because you don't want to embarrass yourself. Be like the bus. Be like the bus that has its own express bus lane which you'd think would make the whole thing a lot faster but for some reason it doesn't. So like, take your time? I don't know. Be like the bus. Um, thank you for reprising spoken word, Tracy. I mean, I'm you know <laughs> after this whole podcast thing is over, I got to do something to pay the bills. Snaps. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank in you, in thank you. spoken Proper word parlance. Parlon- <laughs> Snaps. Mm. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Start your free trial today at squarespace.com. The site is intuitive and the tools are easy to use. And if you sign up for a year, you get a completely free domain. When you sign up, make sure to use the offer code another round to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. For some reason, if you don't know who Margaret Cho is, she is a... Legendary comedian, a musician, oh. an author, an actress, an activist, a sexpert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Three-time <laughs> Grammy-nominated, Emmy-nominated. You have a new show in development for Amazon called Highland. You're going to be the co-host mm-hmm. of Fashion Police for the coming 2016 award season. You have your own podcast called Monsters of Talk. Um, so she does it all, ladies and gentlemen. Literally everything. Yes. Welcome to yes. the show, Margaret. We're so happy. Yay. Thank you. That's so nice. Thank you. What a great introduction. Thank Aww. you very much. We're connecting with you from London, so this is very exciting. Margaret is drinking wine, even though yes. she cannot yes. be with us in person. She's with us in spirit. We appreciate <laughs> I that. I know. So We're much. celebrating. We're <laughs> yes. celebrating our love. Yes. So we like to begin all our interviews. What do you do and why? I am, I think, identified closely, uh, most closely, and I think this is everything. I'm just a stand-up comedian. And then everything else that I do is just another expression of that. So whether it's music or writing or activism, it's really just stand-up comedy. So I kind of just do one thing. Why? I had really very vivid dreams about it when I was very young. And I remember seeing Joan Rivers on television when I was really little and really understanding that that was my job. And I started very young because I I had kind of a really difficult childhood, so I wanted to be an adult right away. Mm. And I knew that as a performer, I was safe, so I had witnesses. 
So I felt safe on the stage as I did not feel safe anywhere else. So that's kind of why I do it and why I still do it. It's where I'm safe, I think. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So you're kind of far away from us right now, so you can't see us, but we are two brown ladies. (laughs) How often are you interviewed by women of color? Not often enough. And Mm. nowadays it happens much more often. And it's fun now because... We can now really get mad at white people openly when yes. we were just really secretive about it before. It's out there. Now, yeah, it's so funny because white people get so upset and so mad <laughs> after all of these many millennia of privilege. Mm. Diversity is really hard to take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's really funny to watch them try. <laughs> it's that all lives matter attitude that Mm. is so racist Mm -hmm. you know it's like well yeah of course all lives matter but this is not what we're talking about right you know they really try to divert any conversation about race and they try to kind of give you that idea of you're a reverse racist which does not exist Mm -hmm. there's also some white people you meet where you're just like yo you wouldn't last one day as a person of color Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you're upset i'm suggesting something you said was like not great right or you're upset that i'm talking about racism and it makes (laughs) you uncomfortable imagine if you were actually affected by it (laughs) you would have a tough life it's hard though because you see that they're trying to apply the logic that they've always had at their disposal that has always worked for them but now it doesn't Mm -hmm. and so it's desperate there's so many people who are real white people who really get it and who Mm -hmm. have gotten it for a long time Mm -hmm. and um, that's great but there's a whole bunch of argumentative people who just want to tell you and explain white splain mansplain I love the the, (laughs) all of the different kind of splaining that happens where they've got to just tell you well see no you don't understand Mm -hmm. speaking of the tyranny of white men (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about the conversations in the last year about late night comedy hosts. So like Mm -hmm. on the outside, we have, you know, like your name comes up because we're like, yeah, Margaret Cho's dope. Why doesn't she have a show? But like on the inside, what is it like? What were the conversations like? Well, I mean, I've wanted to do it. I've wanted to do it for a long time. I've uh, definitely made a lot of effort to try. It is an impenetrable world for some reason, even though... uh, now we have um, Samantha Bee's show and then Joy Behar had a show. Um, I think that, that this space would be great for a woman. I, I do believe it's going to be a white woman mm-hmm. who does it, which is uh, kind of, it is a white world, that world. I mean, it, with the exception of Larry and uh, Trevor, I don't know. I mean, and of course Arsenio, which Arsenio's show was great. I loved the Arsenio Hall show. He was great. Mm -hmm. He is great. You know, and he really took me under his wing. He was my Johnny Carson. But more importantly, I think there's got to be a a female presence late night. And I don't know if it will be a woman of color, unfortunately. I mean, I would love for it to be myself or or Wanda Sykes. Yes, Mm -hmm. Wanda. A genius, a bona fide genius. There are other platforms where we are thriving and that is on the internet that is um in so many ways uh our own place like whether it's the stand-up comedy stage whether it's our tours whether it's um podcasting whether it you know there's so many places for us to shine where we will get seen Mm -hmm. so it, it you know i don't think that we can rely on these structures that exist within these institutions that have never allowed us to right be. right 
So speaking again of racism and white people, (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a performer of color in such a very, very white space like comedy. Mm. You got a lot of criticism for the impersonation of Kim Jong-un that you did and it's really interesting because it seems like the people that were most offended or at least like talking out, speaking out about it were white people. It was all white people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how does like the white gaze affect your comedy? Like making fun of like yourself and your people is like one thing when you do it with your own folks, but to do it in front of the oppressor and like in front of white folks, are you worried about perpetuating stereotypes? Do you worry and wonder a lot about white people think? Do you prioritize it? How do you approach I don't it? Know. I think for me, it's just about telling my stories and talking about my life and and the experience that I have. I am of North Korean descent, and and so when I do an impression of Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il or any of these characters, um, they're not taken from from the news or anything. They're not direct because there is no actual recording of their voices. Their images are so tightly controlled. We've never mm-hmm. really heard their voices in the West at all. So I take them out of my family, people I know. Uh, so I don't know. I just kind of tell my truth. Um, I'm very close to Dave Chappelle, and, and he's one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. And he's somebody that walked away from right. $50 million because he did not like the fact that white people were laughing at the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And that's so, he has so much integrity. So he doesn't care about the money. He cares about the message and and what people are really getting from what he does. I have less integrity than that. (laughs) I just kind of try. (laughs) I'm just trying to make a buck. I don't know. You know, I'm also from the old school of like, I'll just take anything. I don't care. I don't have that enormous strength of character to question so so much i wish i did maybe someday i'll get there same i don't have it either i feel like you want me i to wish do i did how much money we recently talked with uh, the comedian aparna nanchala and she mentioned that oh she's great she, i love her <laughs> she mentioned that women comics don't get nearly as many groupies as men do you've been touring for a long ass time what is your groupie situation there's a certain kind of woman who becomes a comedian, and that, that's the kind of woman in general who does not care at all about men. <laughs> There's something about women in comedy. Accurate. And it, yeah, it's like, there, there, that's why I think there's, a lot, there's quite a lot of queer women in comedy, but that, mm. it's not about queerness. It's really about, we just don't care about yeah. what men think. Mm. Right. And that's really an, uh, an off-putting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about other women being interested. Yeah, like female groupies for sure. Yeah, And um, <laughs> queer groupies for sure. That's a major part of um, sort of the groupie scene. But when you're talking about heterosexual men, mm. because we don't care, and that is the statement of being on stage and talking about our lives, that in itself is such a feminist act mm. that it's very off-putting to heterosexual males because mm-hmm. by the nature of society and how we are supposed to kind of act and how we're socialized it's it's a very it's an aggressive act to mm. take the mic right then when you do have groupies they're usually very famous very successful men who are not threatened mm-hmm. so you get into like the celebrity realm or the area of where men are very very accomplished and they don't care that that you don't care about them. <laughs> this is fascinating. I know. <laughs> Tears. <laughs> so we introduced you at the top of the interview as a sexpert. Mm-hmm. You speak very, very openly and hilariously and smartly about sex. Everyone says that sex gets better 
as you get older, this is something that I'm very interested in as a 30 plus woman. Uh, do mm-hmm. you find that that is true? Like when were you having the best sex of your life? It's a continual discovery. You know, mm-hmm. it's back and forth. It's not that you get to a place where, oh, finally, I'm here. Mm-hmm. It's a constant reconnection. You know, I'm quite a lot older, too. I'm 47. So the, the age that I'm at, it's, it's always, it's coming in waves. It's really good, and then it, it goes away. And the, the amount of time that I spend not eating right or not sleeping or working too much or whatever that I don't spend with myself, um, then it wanes. So it just depends. It gets better when you, when you take that time to make it better for yourself. Women uh, find great satisfaction later in life because they know themselves better and mm-hmm. that's the best part about having a body you get to know it over mm-hmm. time that's beautiful yeah yes thank you in addition to talking frankly about sex you also talk very openly about sexual assault and violence you made a new song called i want to kill my rapist with a video yes. that was incredible the video was thank so great you. it uh, features yeah. an yeah. army of like young girls like training and working out so that they can yes. physically overpower like the rapist yes. in the video is amazing. The star, she's, uh, for, I consider her the star. She has the, the she jumps up with the knives. Mm-hmm. She's a, a wonderful, wonderful martial artist and an actress. And uh, she put her abuser in prison at six years old. Wow. She stood on the stand and put him in prison forever. Wow. It's powerful. So when you can harness that energy of really, really powerful, young, young girls and, mm-hmm. and, and let them know that their bodies are their own country, that we have to practice body sovereignty. And if you cross our mm. borders without permission, there will be consequences. Right. This is important. And people don't like to talk about rape. They don't think it's polite conversation, but so many suffer. And it's men and women. The silence and shame around it is not ours. You know, it's mm-hmm. nobody's fault that this happened. And I just have had a lifetime of experiences that I could have avoided if I had acknowledged my own childhood trauma. You know, it's a very a difficult process, but I think it's important. And, and we can learn to heal both ourselves and others through harnessing this rage. And mm. as women, we're often considered like we're not supposed to be angry or we're supposed to forgive. And mm. I yeah. honestly don't believe in forgiveness. That's actually <laughs> that was one of my questions. The idea of like a woman who will not forgive men for all the bullshit that they do is like something that causes like a lot of like hysterics in men, I find. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in forgiveness, what was your healing process like then? I'm healed by the cathartic power of rage. And mm. anger serves as my bodyguard. Mm. You know, I, I am that. <laughs> That's beautiful. I'm unafraid to hit and unafraid to call out bad stuff when I see it and I'm unafraid Mm. to make a fuss and Mm -hmm. um, scream about it you know people are so afraid of women and if we really understood the power that we do have I think that we could collapse the patriarchy I mean we already have done a good job at starting to dismantle it Mm -hmm. but if we really recognized our own rage as positive strength it Mm. it could be um, revolution anger is such a beautiful emotion yeah. It is. There's a lot of eloquence to it. I mean, you know, a lot of my comedy is there through it and and it's fun. And it's funny because it makes people nervous and mm-hmm. it makes people uncomfortable and they they want you to uh heal and they want you to love again. And I don't I don't know why it's so important for others to 
change my feelings inside or mm -hmm. why they've got to control my emotional life about yeah. it. I really love um, what you do with like the ideas of anger and rage. Mm, thank you. Your 12 Days of Rage campaign was amazing. And this is where you made thank you. Um, 12 videos and released them one for each day. Like very, very short videos. And you're just talking about your experiences with sexual abuse and assault. They were really uncomfortable for me to like listen to, but I couldn't stop like watching and listening to it. Mm. And it was disarming for me to see you like become emotional at times because you just seem like I think that you assume that when someone is so comfortable and good at speaking about traumatic things that they're like okay and like that they're healed do you feel like you're still healing yeah for sure and then you know I kind of thought it would serve me best if I went there emotionally with you know these just short videos and I was just very um honest and I wanted it to be very brief and just let people know, okay, well, this happened, and I consider this rape. So many times, women mostly go back into our lives, and we go, oh, well, that wasn't really rape. Mm -hmm. Oh, that wasn't that bad. Oh, he was drunk. Oh, mm -hmm. I was drunk. They try to find blame within themselves, and I tried to look to my experiences and and remember the scared person I was in that moment and, and realize that that fear was the indicator that it was not my fault. Mm -hmm. and um, how many times I was robbed from my uh, truth because I was trying to placate others. Mm. Right. So it was a lot of buried emotion when I was doing those videos, and I was also trying to encourage others to do them. Unfortunately, I think it's too scary for people to yeah. do that, you know, and yet there was a lot of people who wrote about it. There was a lot of people who um, posted that they had the same experiences or they would direct message me and sh share their secrets which to me was such an honor but I felt so terrible that they would keep the secret from the loved ones or people in their lives that they trusted that they couldn't really trust anybody but me who was, I'm, I didn't know them so that to me brought me a lot of sorrow because mm. I wished that they had the safety to at least tell one other person mm. mm -hmm. but it's hard. It's very yeah. hard. How do you how do you take care of yourself? Where and how do you find the strength? Oh, it's you know, to me it's just I'm already safe. You know, I'm already I'm safe and I'm strong and I'm fine. You know, it's these things happened a long time ago. Uh they will not happen to me again. I I don't believe. Um and they're things that I explained away for so long mm. and allowed myself to uh give that other person that benefit of the doubt or um, save their feelings or spare their feelings or somehow try to placate patriarchy in general, the patriarchy that silences us. Did you ever see a therapist as part of your healing process? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone through quite a lot of therapy, quite a lot of very intense therapy, both traditional and uh, then very experimental. What's the most important thing that you learned from therapy? I think that it's kind of something that didn't really help me. <laughs> oh, really? Say more. I, I'm glad that I went through it. I, I realized that I had more answers within mm -hmm. than I did uh, outside myself. And I think that's what therapy taught me, which mm -hmm. is good. You know, I would go to a therapist and then they sort of became my guru. Mm -hmm. And and then they, they sort of had the answers. I don't think anybody really has the answers. That's the other thing is I think that it's really all you've got to look within. But I'm trying to offer suggestions on how 
you can look within. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the, the good thing is, is that going through therapy helped me to realize that I was right all along. Yes, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So we have so many more questions about literally everything about you in your life. But we Thank want you. to um, switch focus and do our fun rapid fire question segment called pew, okay. pew, pew, pew. So those, that's the sound okay. of a finger gun. <laughs> you're Cute. feeling confused all the way over there in London. I like it. Uh, very, very random. First one is not very weird at all, but you have a ton of tattoos. Are there any that you regret no. Uh, the reason I have tattoos is because I'm trying to reclaim my body from all of the sexual molestation, from mm-hmm. all of the eating disorders, from all of the ideas that people put on me that my body was not right somehow and, and sort of not my own. So all of my tattoos are really symbolic for the kind of body ownership that I needed to really show. Mm-hmm. So um, they are kind of a flag in a sense of, of my own body sovereignty and my nation. I have really stupid tattoos, too, sometimes. <laughs> I really have dumb ones. I have the um, uh, presidents on my kneecaps. I have uh, George Washington and, and, and uh, Abraham Lincoln on my kneecaps. <laughs> it's Why so George dumb. Washington? Because it's $6. <laughs> It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why, but it's just dumb. But that's the joy and beauty of having tattoos. You can have really beautiful, amazing ones. And all of mine are done by the greatest artists in the world. So mm-hmm. I I have no complaints about the quality of them, but that some of them are really just dumb <laughs> and funny. Let's circle back to your kneecaps for a second. <laughs> Would you rather have eyeballs where your kneecaps are or kneecaps where your eyeballs are? <laughs> Um, I think that it would be hard because you would get kicked in the eye all uh-huh. the time Ooh. if you had eyeballs on your kneecaps. You know, that's yeah. the thing is that that you would get kicked and then, but you might see things from a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you, all that you would see down there would be dogs. <laughs> Oh my god! Which I like. Like eye level yeah, with dogs. If you're, if you're a super super dog person, it's optimal. Yeah, that I think. would be cute. Yeah, that would be cute. <laughs> so then, but then, would you have knees as eyes? <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! That's kind of weird. Did not think that question that far through. Yeah, so we're just gonna move on to the next question. Um, <laughs> so, who do you like to smoke weed with? I love to smoke with John Roberts. Oh, and they, I do love to smoke with some people who are very famous, but who are. I cannot say. Oh. No, this is a safe but, space. No one will hear this but our <laughs> nobody will hear this. of listeners. Did you mean John Roberts, the Supreme Court Justice? <laughs> no, 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 no. John Roberts. If only. That's what I thought. No, no. he's uh, the comedian. He's um, a wonderful comedian. Oh, he's on the show yes, Bob's duh. Burgers. And he does a, Don't a mind video. Me. Don't mind me. Called The, the Tree. Uh, he's very funny. He's one of my best friends. Uh. So he's my, my, my ally. I love to smoke with Snoop Dogg. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, who is not secretive about it to smoke with Snoop Dogg? I know. What well, he likes about? to roll. Ooh. He's a roller, so he um, he only takes about one or two hits off the, the the joints that he rolls, which are very long and very thick. And he has his own strain now, but before he exclusively smoked Wiz Khalifa's strain, which was huh. very very strong. What is your favorite like format of weed? <laughs> I uh, well, I like the way that Snoop does it, where Snoop will turn the joint into his mouth, and then he will blow the smoke out right into your nostrils. Ooh, it gets you really high because your nostrils there's far more receptors, and it goes straight to the brain. That I appreciate about Snoop. <laughs> yes, Snoop. 
Um, can you let him know we want to smoke with him? <laughs> yeah, he would love to. I'm, I'm sure you should have him on because he's really a brilliant guy. Um, he's quite a bon vivant. I feel like you guys just had an entire conversation in Greek. There's so much about <laughs> weed and smoking that I just don't know at all. It's very specific. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you you know, there's people who do it and people who don't. Um, for me, it's a very esoteric kind of spiritual experience. It's uh, you're kind of breaking bread in a way. It's a sustenance mm-hmm. um, that I don't think is for everybody. There are some individuals who get very upset by it and very paranoid and it's it's disruptive to their psyche. And also it can be very damaging to certain individuals as well. I think mm-hmm. it's not something for young people. It's not something for people whose brains are not fully developed. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that is for the mature person who's looking outside themselves for something else. And But it's not for everyone. So don't feel uh, like you need to do it. Because it's okay, Tracy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who is the most amazing person that you know but no one else knows? I like Cat Black. Of all of the young kids coming mm-hmm. up of like political... Uh, vloggers, bloggers, activists. Cat Black is like really, I mean, I, I don't think that's somebody that no one else knows. I think everybody knows who she is. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's an incredible uh, young trans woman. She's always on everything and talking about race and talking about all of these battles. And she gives so much eloquence and voice to these battles that I have been fighting forever but don't know how to talk about because I'm still steeped in sort of colonialism you know I still Mm. have like one foot in there you know I'm still like running after like the white lady like with an umbrella (laughs) like you know it's still kind like I'm still like part of the Raj like it's very I'm I'm still like in Shanghai in the 30s like there's part of me that's still in the old world smoking opium and letting British people do whatever they want so I think that's also what makes me welcome in these nations that I'm like oppressed but I'm kind of like the fun you know there's a little bit of me that's a little bit Charlie Chan but there's a new wave of activism it's like deray it's black lives matter it's cat it's disoriented comedy they do a wonderful uh asian american um women's comedy festival Mm -hmm. and they're all my children cat black i think i figure out what i want to fight about when i read her and and look at what she's doing oh that's beautiful Um, it's really good it's really good because i get a lot of inspiration from young people and i get a lot of hope I look to younger people to energize me and and, uh, focus me so that I I can sort of pull myself out of the patriarchy a little bit. You know, I (laughs) I just have a lot of resentment and the fact that I've kind of grown up in it. And Mm. and so I need to learn. Yeah. (laughs) We're all just trying to step outside the parcel of colonialism. Yes. (laughs) Right. And figure out who we are. Mm -hmm. But what's great is that they're scared now. You know, the fact that they They fight so hard, we do have media on our side because ultimately we've become the media because of the way that we've seen patriarchy create these structures that excluded us. We went on the other side and became journalism. We became blogging. We became popular opinion. Mm -hmm. And that's how we tear it down. That's what's amazing is that we realize that we... If we empowered ourselves with the critique, the power of the critique, that's our genius. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is revolution. What you're doing is the best thing you can do for all of us, you know. We try. We try. (laughs) Yeah. It's tremendous. 
I recently rewatched that uh, that interview with Cameron and Bill O'Reilly. The You Mad <laughs> interview. Oh, I think yes. right now the moment can be described as people of color being like, you mad. <laughs> it's, it's iconic. We're not talking about that interview enough. It's true. It's so good. We should revisit this. You mad. It's so good. <laughs> well, we could even take it back to after Katrina when mm. um, Kanye said, Yes. Bush does not care about black people. Uh, Maybe so that's funny. really what's well, that was the first shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. go off you know? on their own formats. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And I always will love Kanye for that. Yes. Oh, we are big fans. Yes. He's the patron saint of this podcast. Yes. He's a genius. He's a musical genius. And not only that, a real social instigator. And the mm-hmm. fact that people are so enraged, that is... White privilege, not knowing what to do with black power. Yes. Mm. Ooh, I love it. On that beautiful note. (laughs) On that beautiful, (laughs) beautiful note. What are you working on now? Where can the people find your work? What are you you up to? Uh, I'm very active on Twitter. That's the one social media thing that I'm sort of always on, Mm -hmm. at Margaret Cho. And um, I have a website, margaretcho.com. Fashion Police will start uh, January 11th, so I'll be on that for the next year. But the Highland Show will be on Amazon relatively soon I think we're, we're right in the middle of kind of figuring it out so Ooh, that's I'm on so excited. it's a different definition of what an Asian American family on television is going to look like you know it's it's also uh, like a pot dramedy <laughs> yeah it's, well, it's like Dallas but instead of uh, oil it's weed oh my that's God. what we're experiencing I'm in, I'm in California in. yeah um, the Kardashians <laughs> or Hempire, Ma'am. I like to call it. Wait, I just so got it's it. Be good. I just got it. The Kardashians. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's the Kardashians. <laughs> awesome. Look out for that on Amazon soon, y'all. Yay. Yes. Oh, and I have an album, American Myth, which includes Kill My Rapist and uh, other songs that um, will be out in April. So that's coming too. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much yes. for being generous with your time. The next time thank you're you. in New York, please look us up. I would love to. Thank you so bring much. Snoop and some weed. <laughs> <laughs> I will. And keep on fighting. You guys are amazing. Thank Aww, you. Thank Aww, you. We need each other. Thank you. Aww. That warms my heart. Time to buy a round. Baby, come through. You deserve rounds tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that, Tracy. Oh, I missed that in my life. <laughs> Who are you buying around for, Trace? I'm so excited. Mm. Wait, have I done this yet? I haven't bought around for cheese yet, have I? Okay. I've, I fucking love cheese. You guys should see the fucking smile on her face. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Cheese is so good. And like, you know, like regular American cheese, whatever, that's fine. It's cool. But I'm mm. starting to get into like, excuse me. I mean, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm not good. <laughs> I just feel like really judged this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm it's sorry. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm gonna starting, let your cheese rock. <laughs> I'm starting to get into like fancy bougie cheese. Oh, look at you! Oh my god, I love a charcuterie board. <laughs> a charcuterie board is basically just what like one of the words you just said. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how like you go to a restaurant and they bring you like this little tray of like meats and cheeses and like no, I don't know. Stuff. Are you kidding? Heaven! Oh my gosh! You, you think I go to fancy restaurants? I mean, not even fancy Brett, restaurants. Have a shark- <laughs> charcuterie, like this beautiful tray of like cheeses that you've never heard of, and they pair it with like a meat sometimes, and sometimes like a little sweet jam or something. Mm. So a charcuterie board is basically lunchables for adults. <laughs> 
Who does not love Lunchables? Okay. <laughs> I just love it. I love to be given like random slices of cheese. And then they're like, this one has like a, a nutty aftertone and the, and the texture's a little dry. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. I went to this place called Murray's Cheese Bar a while ago. Mm-hmm. First of all, there is a thing called a cheese bar. Yeah, what is that? They just got mad cheese. <laughs> and it is so it? good. And they have like, they call them cheese mongers, the people that work there. Jesus. <laughs> That's great though. I love that. <laughs> and like they have like, you can go and like have your cheese monger pick out like a certain number of cheeses for you to just like try. And so I went there with a friend and we were like, we going all out. Mm. We want the eight cheese special. <laughs> Oh my god! And like it was such a fun, like it was an activity. We weren't mm. just like sitting down and eating cheese and talking. We we're like, okay, let's start with this cheese. How do you like it? How do you feel about it? Try it with the with the locally sourced honey cream that's on the side. <laughs> Everything was so good. Murray's Cheese Bar. I want to get married there and oh also gosh. be buried there. Like I want all of my important life events to happen at Murray's Cheese Bar. When I die, bury me inside a cheese store. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Two chains have said that, I believe. He did. He said that and I agree. I see why he did it. Cheese is great. Shout out to cheese. Treat yourself, Tracy. Treat yourself. Everybody go get some cheese. Now. <laughs> Heaven, who's, who are you buying around for? I am buying around for a slept on album by Ooh. Emily Sunday. Are you familiar with her? I'm familiar with her name and her beautiful hair. Oh my God. She, so she's, she's so pretty. This British singer. She's way bigger in the UK than she ever was in the, the US. Mm-hmm. But she has this really pretty blonde faux hawk. Faux hawk? Faux hawk. Faux hawk. It's mm-hmm. not a fro, but it looks dope. Yeah. <laughs> she's an incredibly gorgeous woman. In 2012, she came out with the album, Our Version of Events. And I think just. We missed it. We missed that moment. Yeah. It w- it was like number one album in the UK. Wow. And that's a um, great title too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great album. And she like opened for and closed for the Olympics. I mean, like she's a big deal there. Uh-huh. But not here. I want to buy a specific round for one song mm-hmm. called Wonder. Okay. Let me tell you about this song. You know how I don't naturally produce any optimism. Yes. <laughs> about the world. I'm familiar. And I need things to bring it to my life. This is one of those songs. You know how you have your playlist to be like, things are possible? Yeah. I Okay, maybe everyone doesn't have that playlist. I have a playlist like that. Um, that is a phrase I repeat to myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Things are possible. And this is a song on that playlist because it makes me feel like things are possible. Aww. have to blast that part Aww. it has to be playing at the top volume as you're getting dressed in the morning mm-hmm. and you have to belt it out it's like this and can't tell me nothing that i play every morning uh-huh that is why i'm here today mm. i tell myself i am full of wonder as you are and that things are possible as they are and that no one can tell me anything as they can't yes <laughs> that is my morning routine y'all good <laughs> highly highly recommend 10 out of 10 would recommend <laughs> I don't hear any words. 
We did it. We did it. Again. Yo, thank you so much to Margaret Cho Can't for chopping it up with us. I know. And she was drinking with us too. Yes. Uh, love it. Love, love it when it. people drink with us. Drinking across the pond. <laughs> Shout out to the pod squad. Pod, pod squad. squad. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that devolved. <laughs> I don't know. This podcast. Oh my God, get it together, Tracy. <laughs> You ever make noises and you're like, what? Who told me to do that? You know, I can't say that I think that frequently. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Eleanor Kagan. Yay! Editorial oversight from Jenna Weiss-Berman. Ooh. And production help from Julia Furlan Julia, and Meg Kramer. Julia. Meg, Meg, Meg. Shout out to Paul Ruiz at Argo Studios. Paul! Thank you to our amazing podcast musicians Jean Gray and Don Will you can follow Jean Gray on Twitter at Jean Greasy and you can follow Don Will at Don Will thank you to Optimus Prime thank you to the Tracy I'm sorry (laughs) where did you go I don't know (laughs) I'm so excited to um, begin another year with you oh stop it you're gonna make me cry okay no crying aloud no crying aloud (laughs) As always, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Another Round. You can email us uh, at anotherround at BuzzFeed.com. If you like the show, tell a friend, rate us on iTunes, mm-hmm. we'll leave a little, a little, a little. <laughs> <laughs> Just my tongue wouldn't keep, wouldn't say it. Sorry. Well, leave a little. I'm just, leave a review. <laughs> what? Leave a long review. Don't yes. leave a little one. <laughs> Fuck me. What? <laughs> What's going on? No, no. Drink some water, everybody. That should be your New Year's resolution. Yeah. Get your water game tight. Get it together. Uh, you got to hydrate your situations with water. <laughs> call your fam. Check in with your people. Make sure they're okay. Let them know that you're thinking about them. Ooh, somebody suggested that we should also remind people to floss. I think that's a great idea. Mm. Get some floss. Oh, my God. Tracy's very particular about Get some flossing. fancy floss. <laughs> Let me tell you about the what best floss in the world. Fu- what the fuck is fancy floss? Because, okay, you know, like, shitty floss is just, like, that little hard, like, just, like, a really stupid I just take string. the free sample from the dentist. <laughs> that sucks. Throw that away as soon as you get home. What you need to do mm-hmm. is get Oral-B Glide flossing tape flossing what tape the fuck is flossing like tape? the it's 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 like a wider strip sort of and it just like gets more out of your teeth and it's like minty and stuff it's real nice all right invest in your flossing game yes yes <laughs> say something nice about yourself today look in the mirror and compliment yourself you are full of wonder and and you're great and take your mask yes all right y'all have a good year bye We We did did it! it! An episode! Ah! I have a friend, also very, very famous, who steals Keith Richards' pot because he has the (laughs) best pot in the world. And we're not sure how he gets it and procures it. And that's how much access she has. She gets in and she steals it and brings it to uh, me. And it's kind of a, whatever. It's the lesbian mafia. We are, we are global. We are on private planes and we are smoking Keith Richards weed. Oh, my weed. God. That sounds incredible. That's going to be the name <laughs> of my band. Yes. Yes.